Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the cats. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together, Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by Frontgate Land and the Financialist. We'll tell you more about them in just a bit. We have to talk about a new Kentucky commit. Another grad transfer has decided to pick Kentucky. We'll break down everything we know about him. We've been feverishly learning as much as we can in the last few minutes. And uh, then we'll maybe do a quick whip around the SEC on some news that's happening around the conference. But we'll start with Nate Sestina, Kyle. Um, Another big guy. Uh, People will, this comparison is going to be thrown out a ton, so I'll just go ahead and get ahead of it a little bit. It, Reed Travis Part 2, possibly. I mean, we'll, we'll see. A similar size. Uh, looks to be a semi-similar player, but he has a jump shot. Yeah, I mean, I think that's certainly what Kentucky's staff is thinking. Get a grown-up. Get a, you know, a veteran big man to anchor you down low. Uh, if you watch, we watched through some of his highlights. I don't see a lot of dunks. I actually haven't seen a dunk. Well, I uh, <laughs> tweeted this out. I went to Twitter, and I did... The Sestina and Dunk. And there are no results. <laughs> there are results, but there are no video results. Yeah. And very few even tweets about him dunking. Now, obviously, Bucknell is not a big-time program, so they don't have a ton of coverage. Um, but you would think that yeah. um, if he ever had any crazy dunks, yeah. videos would have made it onto Twitter. Well, we watched all the plays from his big game this past season. He had 32-7 and seven against Holy Cross. He was 11-11 of 11 from the field and 9-10 of 10 from the free throw line. Obviously very good. He had several opportunities down low, and they were all layups. One, he was all alone. He just kind of finger-rolled it in. Um, it, in that way, he looks very much like Reed Travis. He's He gets position. He gets rebounds. Uh, he finds a way to score, uh, but it's it's not above the rim stuff. Uh, he's six foot eight, or sorry, six nine, two forty five is what he's listed at. So he's, you know, physically mature guy. I mentioned he gets. I think he adds like two or three street cred points, toughness <laughs> points for having a, a tattoo on his bicep. Uh, he flexes a lot after big plays, um, but He'll as you said, right in. he's more of a shoot. He's more. He's stretchier, I guess, is what I would say than Reed Travis. He's He's got a little bit of P.J. Washington in him, I guess, if you want to say that, uh, in terms of the ability to step out and shoot. We saw him swish some nice-looking two-point jumpers, but also uh, the threes. Um, last season, he was 41 of 108, so it's not a small sample size. He took over 100 threes. He made 41 of them, 38% from three. In his career, he's, he attempted almost 200 threes. He made 64, uh, 36. He was 64 of 176, so 36 and a half percent for his career from three. That's pretty good. And mm-hmm. on the uptick, he got better every year. An 80% free throw shooter. Um, you know, you, you look at the raw numbers, 15.8 points and 8.5 rebounds, uh, one block and one assist basically per game. But he only played 27 minutes a game last year, 27.7. Um, and it, it, if you look at his career progression, it's interesting. Like, he came from a very small town. It called Emporium, PA. The 2010 U.S. Census says population of just over 2,000. 
Uh, we found a video of him saying his town is about 1,500. It said, everybody knows everything about you. Um, so I would imagine he was not a big, you know, he was sort of a diamond in the rough type of kid. And took a while for the diamond part to emerge because he averaged eight minutes as a freshman. He only played four or five games. He got injured. That's the reason he's got this extra year. Uh, then 12 minutes his second season, 14.9 minutes his third season, and just it never started a game in college until this season. He started all 31, um, but he didn't even play 28 minutes a game. So if you, if you extrapolate it a little bit, I'm not going to do per 40 because nobody's playing 40, and he's not going to play 40 for Kentucky next year. But if you do his numbers based on a per 32, his 32-minute averages are 18.3 and 9.8. So he's basically an 18-point-a-game double-double guy is what you're getting. I mean, now in a smaller league, but he's a player. He I, was, I, I think you can feel pretty confident. I mean, I don't think he's going to be maybe Reed Travis, but I think you're getting a, you know, a starter-quality guy, a guy that could, could – well, what, Step right in. What league's better, the Patriot League or the Pac-12? Yeah, that's a, that's a great. Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> but e- either way, I mean, you know, all joking aside, you're getting an all another all-conference player to come in, and um, I, I'd like to lay this out. Um, this I'm going to credit David Sist on Cats Illustrated, who interviewed uh, one of the beat guys um, from Bucknell, um, and this came out before Sestina committed to Kentucky, but. Um, the fact that Calipari said that his mindset about grad transfers is he want grad transfers from power schools like Reed Travis, and you're like, well, now he's picking from Bucknell. Um, according um, to uh, this beat writer, Bucknell has uh, some weird academic restrictions, and uh, you have to complete your four-year program in four years, uh, They and they don't allow red short shirts. Uh, there was an example that Bucknell had one of the best wrestlers in college, and he had to transfer to Virginia because he had a red shirt, and, and that guy was an All-American. And so this isn't a situation where the kid, the guy's just leaving to go to a higher level. He he's all but forced out of Bucknell the way I the way I'm understanding right. this. So um, to, for all the people that want to get Calipari and be like, you said you weren't going to take any mid major uh, um, grad transfers. Well, we got you. Calipari will be able to kind of throw this fact back at you. So that's that's how how we move past that. Uh, my overall point thought on this is, um, if you're looking at it from a Kentucky standpoint. How quickly he committed to Kentucky proved how much the Kentucky staff wanted him, and that probably allows me to buy into his talent almost way more than just seeing some highlight videos, in my estimation. Exactly. They get him in on campus, and he's signed, sealed, and delivered the next day. And and it's clearly official. Kentucky put out one of the sort of cryptic videos with the little kid. That oh, they, I haven't even they seen that yet. interchanged the little kid sitting in front of the TV. And the highlight videos that are playing are Reed Travis. So, I mean, it's like, <laughs> you know, when Ashton Hagen's committed, it was a little kid um, sitting in front of uh, John Wall. Uh, I think it was John Wall highlights. I think so. And, you know, it's always a guy that they try to compare them to. So, like, it couldn't be more obvious. It's a little white kid <laughs> sitting, in front of, <laughs> sitting in front of a screen with Reed Travis highlights uh, playing. So, welcome, Nate Zestina. Uh, yeah, I think you're right about that. I think the fact that they immediately – Took him because not all guys are takes. You know, you might bring him in and go, you eyeball him. You go, he's not even. He's he's six, he's actually six six. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he's slow because when they come in, look, he played basketball with these dudes. I guarantee you, he went over to the gym and and played basketball with these guys. Um, so 
that tells me something, I, you know, and then a couple other things to sort of like, how good is this guy? Um, you know, what about competition? So they played TCU this year, whose coach is about to get hired by UCLA. It looks like uh, TCU was in the NIT uh, Final semifinals. Four. And he had 14 and 11 in that game and hit two threes. He played Ohio State this year, uh, which made the NCAA tournament. Um, he only played 14 minutes. He fouled out. So that's not great. But he had 10 points and three rebounds in 14 minutes and hit a couple threes. Uh, he played Michigan State last year when he was a bench player. And in 18 minutes, he had seven points and seven rebounds in a close loss to Michigan State. Played North Carolina last year. Had seven points and six rebounds in 16 minutes. So pretty good numbers, competitive numbers. I mean, that's, you know, I, I think you'd probably take that. Mm-hmm. Certainly, if, in, in, at minimum, in terms of adding depth, you've got a quality I'll tell you what, player there. Um, we're going to take a quick break because that's what but people, as soon as something good happens, some people have to try, <laughs> try to make it a semi-negative. Yeah. So we're going we're gonna to discuss what we kind of think the ramifications uh, for this commitment means for UK basketball. But before that, I do want to tell you guys about Frontgate Land. If you are in the market to buy or sell land, lease to a reliable tenant, or uncover a possible revenue stream on your property, let Frontgate Land Management help. Owner Josh Tungate is a licensed realtor with Berkshire Hathaway Home Service Professional Realty and a UK alum. You can give them a call at 859-962-9955 or visit FrontGateLand.com. That number again is 859-962-9955 or FrontGateLand.com. They have the contacts to help connect the dots in agriculture. FrontGateLand.com. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Kentucky gets a new commit, and according to some, that automatically means they're done in recruiting. Not getting any more recruits. Or everybody's transferring. (laughs) One of the two. Um, Kyle, what do you kind of think the – are there any ramifications for this? Like, does this have any impact on the big guys coming back or potentially – I mean, we're down to basically it's Matthew Hurt. I I think in part this is a a preparation for the possibility that one of – Nick Richards or EJ Montgomery leaves. And frankly, that's obviously neither of them should. If you're talking about draft, you know, now does one of them want to transfer? Maybe because they didn't have the role they thought they were going to. I mean, EJ Montgomery certainly thought he would have more of a role mm-hmm. this year. Nick Richards played 44 seconds in the last game with Reed Travis playing 44 minutes. And we talked about that. To me, it almost read like a you ought to transfer a letter slipped under his locker at halftime to me. Uh, maybe not because Cal and Kenny have, you know, they have stuck by him and tried to encourage him for two years and may continue to do so. His girlfriend is Leah Edmond. They're very serious. She's the star volleyball player. She has another year here. I, I mean, I don't think that's an insignificant factor, but there are other people in his life. You know, what are they telling him? What are EJ's folks telling him? Um, I think there's some legitimate concern that at least one of them won't be back within the staff. I don't think they would have taken this guy if they're. You know, I think they feel pretty good. Wait a minute. If they're though. getting both, maybe they take him anyway. Well, that's what I'm going to say. You, you're going with two front court players. Yeah, maybe they take him anyway. But I do think that, uh, like the recruiting piece, I don't think there's much there. The transfer or or leave, kind of foolish NBA draft decision, maybe. Maybe this is guarding against that a little bit. Um, 
I don't think it impacts. Like, I don't think they're getting Jaden McDaniels because no. I don't think he's leaving the West Coast. No. But I don't think it really impacts Matthew Hurt. I think it's a Kentucky and Duke battle, and they're going all in on Matthew Hurt. And that Matthew's a four, and this guy can be a five. They can play together. Ooh, are you are you predicting maybe a little five out offense? Yes, I mean I like I think Cal and and our guy our draft guy uh, Sam Vecini said you know if you look at this and look at the other guys that are still recruiting like maybe this is the transition to Cal playing really more real four out offense and I you as a person who has advocated on this podcast for many months a modernization of the offense I'm for it and I think it is happening. To an extent, I mean, we look look at how he let he let PJ Washington play this year, mm-hmm. um, and maybe should have let him play a little more that way. Yes, in the last game when nobody else could make a three, but um, I think they can take Matthew Hurt and this guy. I mean, this guy played. I think he played the five a lot. Yeah. With Bucknell. I mean, he's listed as a forward center. He's more of a wide body. Matthew Hurt's a wiry, more lanky guy. You can play them together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they still want Matthew Hurt. Yeah, I mean, look if you can get five, if you can have a an off a, a, a starting five where all five guys can shoot the three, you happily take it. That'd be pretty. Even fun. if that's not the like, even if that's not going to be your preferred style of offense, if you know that all five guys can shoot a three, that at least lets you do some things, some little wrinkles here and there. Yeah, even if it's not the way you play all the time. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't think it means they like. God, I mean, it's unbelievable sometimes. It's just like, well, we're not getting any more recruits. That's over. Well, I don't think that's true. I mean, uh, I, I do always find it funny that, in theory, <laughs> somebody's like, oh, this five-stars guy is going to be scared away by a Bucknell player. Now, no offense to, to Sestina. Like, I'd right, better, but if you think you're a top-ten player, exactly. you're not worried about Nate Sestina. Yeah, yeah. You're not, uh, or shouldn't be. So, I, I mean, I, I, I don't – I would. let me ask you this. You would ima- would you still would your mindset be that most likely there's three of those four on the roster next year frontcourt players with Matthew Hurt the two returners and Sestina yeah, I think that's probably probably right. the most likely is that there's three least likely would be what four all four there yeah I'd be surprised if they second had all four. second least likely just two end up uh, you know yeah okay yeah so well, uh, one other thing I would say about him uh, just like. They did. The Kentucky and Bucknell did have one common opponent last year. Okay, if that matters to anybody, uh, matters to they, you. They both played Monmouth, and Reed Travis had thirteen points and six rebounds in twenty-seven minutes. Nate Sestina had sixteen points, ten rebounds, and three blocks. So you're against si- their common opponent. So, so you're, you're better call- than Reed Travis. You're calling it right now. But I'm saying that, that's. I mean, that's a that's solid. Yes, he hit, he hit two, three. I mean, it's like if you go through the like. The the game by games, it's like he hit like one or two threes every single game. Yeah, and that's that's a nice no, that's, little thing to have from your five man. Um, that'd be a big bonus. And he's you know, two. I mean, it's not just his three point percentage. The fact that he's fifty four percent from the floor overall. He finished around the rim. If you watch again, he's not dunking a bunch, but he's he's got some moves. He's got pretty good footwork. He he finishes through contact. It's not the same kind of contact he's going to have in the SEC, but mm-hmm. I think he's a viable player for Kentucky. I agree. Uh, the other thing, you you know, you you talked about. I, I don't think we mentioned this. You mentioned his, his town size, but um, in that little video that you and I watched, he talked about Bucknell having a four thousand seat arena. 
with being culture shock <laughs> because of his little town. Well, times Yee. that the, 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 times five, and that's what you'll get at Rupp. That that'll be a double a double shock overall um, for him. Now, I do need to ask you if you have um, worked on the Sestina for Sestina. Because you remember last time we discovered that... Oh, no, I haven't worked on the poem. Sestina is a poem. I have not worked form. on the Sestina-style poem for Nate Sestina. I wish I had that ready. I just saw that... I'm just Googling it. And it says there's a Sestina generator. I don't know what that means. Oh, nice. Does that mean that like this is where... Probably you put in some words and it this generates is where, a poem um, for you. Oh, keyword one, keyword... Oh, I might have... I'm going to try to do this one. Um well, don't Stina's, do it live on the podcast. No, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it live podcast. on the podcast. <laughs> Shut up, Kyle. I know, but I just want to read you the title of the website because it's hilarious to me. It's Sustainomatic. <laughs> the fact that that exists is incredible. Um, <laughs> what? Did I you think, have something I think to say? I might have a gas leak in my basement down here <laughs> based on this. Uh, just about that, like how overwhelmed he will or won't be by this mm-hmm. atmosphere kid from a town of 1500 who thought a 4000 seat college gym was culture shock. Uh he has played in some big environments. They played at Ohio State this year. He's played in the uh NCAA tournament. Um he played, I believe they played at North Carolina last year. Uh they played uh, well they played Michigan State in the NCAA tournament. Uh that was last year. Um and they played at, yeah, at Maryland, at Arkansas, at North Carolina, and played Michigan State in the NCAA tournament. And played at Ohio State this year. So he's played in some big arenas and mm-hmm. some big environments. So I don't. It won't be. I don't. I don't think it'll be a total. Like, yeah, and, to, and 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 like big game wise, you uh, you know they played for Patriot League championships. He's been in in those environments. They lost this year, but it's a situation where I don't think the stage. Like in game when he gets in moments that mean a lot, he'll be completely overwhelmed. So, coming up next, we're going to talk some SEC coaching carousel because some of the slots have been filled. We'll see if Kyle thinks they're good or bad hires. But before that, I do want to tell you guys about the Financialist LLC, which is a locally owned provider of CFO caliber services to small businesses in the Central Kentucky area. Rick Parsons has 25 years of experience helping business owners establish a solid accounting system, and we'll work with you on helping maximize your profit potential. You can give him a call at 859-296-9814. Rick is a, an accounting professional that thinks like an entrepreneur and wants to help you as a business owner grow and thrive. Whether you need short-term or recurring help, the financialists can tailor their services to fit your need. A lot of small business owners are excellent at producing products or services, but need a little help with high-level accounting, um, and the financialist is the place to get it. Call 859 859- Two nine six nine eight one four today to set up a complimentary meeting. You are locked on Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We got some of the vacancies filled um, for SEC basketball. Buzz Williams is officially the Texas A&M coach. Something that everybody thought would happen, and. Uh, I think that that's a home run hire, Kyle. I'm, I'm guessing you you think the same thing. 
Yeah, I mean, he's won everywhere. It's weird because, like, every time he makes a move, people question whether it's a lateral move. <laughs> he went from Marquette to Virginia Tech, and people says that's a lateral move. Now he goes from Virginia Tech to Texas A&M and says that, that people say that's a lateral move. I don't think that's a lateral move because the ACC is brutal, for one. Within your own state, you're competing with UVA, which is in the Final Four, and it seems like they're number one at some point every season now. Um, and the resources at Texas A&M are enormous. The talent pool, he's from, you know, he's a Texas guy. Mm-hmm. There's a talent pool out there. There's money galore. Um, I think there's a fan base that'll show up if you win. Um, I, I think that's a, a great hire by them, and I think it's a good job for him. I mean, he was at Marquette. He won 25 games three times. He went to the NCAA tournament one, two, three, four, five times. Uh, went to the Sweet 16 three times and the Elite Eight once there. Took him a couple years to get it rolling at Virginia Tech, and then he's now he's been to three straight NCAA tournaments and went to the Sweet 16 this year. And they were a perfectly called, almost perfectly executed play away on the final play of the game from beating Duke around earlier than they lost. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they were right there to beat Duke and go to the Elite Eight. Would have been, that would have sent it to overtime, right? Yes. Oh, would that they were down to OT? Okay. Yeah. Um, but, but they, nonetheless, they challenged yeah. a really good, and they beat that Duke team during mm-hmm. the season. Yeah, without. It's a 26-win uh, Virginia Tech team without are, their best player. Th- yeah, they had their player was out. I think Zion was out at that right. trip. But it, that basically offset each other things to a little bit. I just yeah, Buzz Williams is I think a coaching superstar, and I think A and M made the best hire that they could ever hope to make. So I think that they're all, they're going to definitely take a step forward um, in the SEC. It is rumored at this point that Vanderbilt is going to hire Jerry Stackhouse. That is uh, quite would be quite the thing. Is there a new AD? Was he a North Carolina guy? I believe that's I right. thought I read that the new AD had a relationship with the G League that Stackhouse currently coaches. Yeah, that, and that may be true too, but I think he's also also a North, North Carolina. Carolina guy. Well, then that'd be um, double doubling for Jerry. I mean, Jerry Stackhouse is a, you know, was a star player at North Carolina. Well, you know what this is though, right? Well, I mean, this is Penny, what, the attempt yeah. to recapture Penny Mania in the same state. Yeah, that's exactly what and, it is. You know, it's a guy who was the, the number three overall pick in 1995. He's a star at the brand school in North Carolina. Um, he, he was an NBA all-star. Um, former, you know, I mean, people, he was a, he's been a star at every stop and, then, and had a long NBA career, and now he's been uh, coaching in the NBA for a while now. Uh, he was with the Raptors. Uh, then the Raptors G League, and now he's an assistant with the Memphis Grizzlies, and that's also interesting because it's he's like had a front row seat for how Penny's done it at mm-hmm. Memphis. Um, you know, he's probably also plugged into the grassroots circuit. I would imagine know, to so. An extent. Um, it's really interesting that it would be a guy from the Grizzlies, you know, because that's you know they basically Mike Miller was all those guys, all those NBA guys. Uh, down there, that's their whole deal, right? And they're selling guys on, hey, we were we were like legit NBA players. We're not just going to train you for the NBA as a coach. We we know what that life is about. And I mean, basketball in the state of Tennessee would be really interesting with Rick Barnes, the old head, stirring stuff up against the uh, the two former NBA guys, Stackhouse and Penny. What a league, too. Well, Penny's not in, in the SEC. They ought to just bring Memphis in, but 
all the good coaches that there are, and Buzz we know is a home run hire. And then to add one that we don't know about, but but is going to create all this buzz in Jerry Stackhouse. I love it. Are, the other vacancy is Arkansas. Um, I don't know if I've seen any updates. Everybody thought it was all but done with Kelvin Sampson, but that hasn't come through yet. I did see a tweet yesterday about the possibility of Eric Musselman yeah. taking over Nevada's that job. Coach. Um, I, I don't know. Either way, that seems like that'll be a that both of those seem like quality hires, and see how those work out. LSU still still very much in flux. I don't. Who knows what's going to happen there? I think that it's all but everyone. Everyone can agree that there's going to be a new coach there, but they, I guess, have to get rid of their current coach officially <laughs> before they can hire the yes. new coach. I did see Adam Zagoria tweet out something interesting that Buzz Williams was going to add Tony Benford, who was the acting head coach at LSU, to his staff at A and M. And if that happens, Kyle, A and M in theory and most likely would get those raids, the guys raise those lsu kids yeah. yep um and so and then we're talking about recruits here so they would come to AM right away and maybe a transfer or two who knows but it seems like buzz is gonna improve on recruiting uh right off the bat so the sec basketball overall has been uh really impressive a couple other sec notes one nas reed's going pro no surprise there Simi Chatou announced for the draft, but still had the possibility of returning. And um, Kyle, I I don't know. Uh, Chatou didn't show me a ton. I think he's like 85th in the NBA, ESPN NBA draft rankings. Yeah. I mean, in case you didn't know, if you're listening at home, the NBA draft is not 85 picks long. (laughs) (laughs) If the NBA draft added a third round, he'd be in great shape. But the draft is 60 picks long, and that was a bad decision. Well, he still can return, though. He put in his announcement that he had every intention of staying in the draft. Okay, well, then uh, the article I read must have framed it. I mean, he can, because now you can hire an agent. But he said, I have every intention of staying in the draft in his little Instagram, his... uh, Hashtag respect my decision notes. Did iPhone hash- notes. Did he hashtag it with respect my decision? I don't know. I don't remember. But um, let's see. But because um, I'm, I'm trying to remember, roll through my brain the guys that others that might have declared. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. But uh, there's going to be a few more um, in the SEC because the talent level obviously has increased, and Kentucky's going to have a few of their own as well. Uh, I did want to take a moment. To also say that apparently we referenced this earlier about Jamie Dixon apparently is going to go to UCLA. How about uh, UCLA going? Oh, we're going to get John Calipari. Never mind. We'll just take Jamie Dixon. Yeah, that's quite the uh, fall off. And no offense to Jamie Dixon, but but that definitely definitely is. Here's here's uh, Simi Shatus, and it is in the iPhone notes mode. I wish people would crop those <laughs> for yeah. It's like not not that hard for as long as I can remember. My dream was to pl- someday play in the NBA. I've been blessed, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to read all this. Uh, I've decided to declare for the 2019 draft. I will test the waters and hire an agent. I fully intend on keeping my name in the draft. Okay. So he says two different things there. But yeah, he test he the water. <laughs> I don't think he knows what he's talking about because mm-hmm. most people say test the waters, meaning they could return. And then he says he fully expects to come back. Maybe if they get Jerry Stackhouse, he'll come back. You know, you hope that you can say, hey, man, I can teach you. Something and maybe that's part of it. Like, you look at these guys, a guy like him or whoever else they're recruiting that want to play in the NBA, and say, "Well, what's my motivation to come back here?" Well, we're going to hire a coach that will 
know how exactly how to get you ready for the NBA. Simi Shitu's a good player. He was coming off a knee injury. I think he's a little from what I gather, he was a little bit uh I mean I don't know any other way to say this, but full of himself a little bit. Uh I think you saw that in some stretches during the season. And I think this decision sort of demonstrates that because there's just I mean, no business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even 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 testing the waters like what do you want somebody to tell you we're going to take you 60th like <laughs> so wait you said he's kind of full of himself yes so he's full of shit too <laughs> oh god <laughs> that was not a setup <laughs> uh, just that was organic ladies and gentlemen organic shit too <laughs> <laughs> all right that's how we're going to end this edition of locked on kentucky thanks again to front gate land and the financialist for sponsoring this edition of the show. Please rate, please review, please subscribe, and please share. Those all really help. You can follow us online. Find Kyle on Twitter. At Kyle Tucker underscore ATH. I am at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. Read Kyle's work on The Athletic. See me uh, on BigBlueInsider.com and hear me on WLAP weeknight 6 to 8 and Sunday mornings 9 to noon. Be sure to be following along with the show at Locked On UK and find us on Facebook. Just search Locked On Kentucky. Give us a listen on the new Himalaya audio app. It's a cool new app that you should check out and they are partnering with Locked On Kentucky. Thanks so much for listening to this edition of the show. We'll talk to you guys soon. are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. Check, check, check. Check.